Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a Green Up Morton podcast. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All of our panellists appear in a personal capacity and as such, any views expressed are personal to them. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Titan Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their carefully selected aged rums are infused with Scottish raspberries, golden syrup and exotic spices. Titan Spice Rum is blended using the finest Caledonian water whilst retaining its spiritual Caribbean DNA. The Morton Club edition is available now and make sure you check out the new Titan Orange Rum. Titan Spiced. Rum. Reggae. Retro. Head over to TitanSpiritsLTD.com and order your bottle today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Just One Cornetto podcast. Hamilton came out with all three points yesterday and Andy Winter penalty in the 19th minute settling the tie. Joining me to analyse the game, we have Louise Rogers. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I think I'm just about thawed out for that weather yesterday. It was absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm not too bad. Brilliant. And Craig Dunning, how are you, mate? Aye, good. Cheers, Dean. Yourself? Ah, not bad. I think it was, yeah, not the not the most pleasant experience when it been up there yesterday. But so, tell you what... Ali Roy joined the club this week. What did you make of the signing, Craig? A bit surprised. Um, it's someone who, on paper, it would be fair to say, doesn't have a good track record and isn't well thought of by by fans of his previous Scottish clubs. But I think what you would have to say is recruiting for centre-forward is quite a difficult thing for us, especially in this window. I think because of the form your head's in, since moving to centre-forward, that's been 13 games, 6 goals. So... You're not going to bring someone in explicitly to be first choice ahead of Muirhead. And that makes it very difficult to attract players in the sense of premiership clubs who are looking to give sort of their more highly rated youngsters a chance in the championship. They know they can send them to Arbroath, Wraith, Cove. They're probably going to start every week. Morton can't guarantee that to a player just now. And so, aye, it makes it a bit of a challenge with recruitment. And look, I think Emery's had such a good hit rate Probably the only signing you'd say is made up to this point that hasn't worked out is Cabia, and that was a signing that on paper made perfect sense. So, yeah, on paper, it's maybe not the best signing, but yeah, I think you've got to give give Emily the benefit of the doubt and see how it goes. What about yourself, Louise? Yeah, it just seemed to be a bit kind of out of the blue. Um, I think he had a decent season at Queen of the South. The season they got relegated, I think he's maybe scored something like 12 goals overall or something. So I suppose he has a kind of decent-ish record in that season, but he's not really the kind of goal scorer you're kind of crying out for. And But you've got to trust Dougie, obviously, with his signings. He does, he does tend to get the best out of people. So um, if he kind of plays him in the right positions and if he can kind of push Muirhead on as well, then then hopefully it will work out. But yeah, I'm ho- hoping for, for maybe something a bit better. Um, later on in the transfer window as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's I think like you'd say, Craig, it's it is a very, very tough sale. January's not the best window to shop in anyway. And given given that Muirhead is gonna be our recognised striker, I think, until the end of the season and deservedly so for, for the form that he's shown this year. The idea of selling a striker on coming into a club to be back up and to maybe get 
you know, 15, 20 minutes off the bench now and again if the if Muirhead's not firing, then aye, that, that is a very tough sale. But Emery's recruit record has been absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, I've got I've got every confidence that Emery will manage to get a tune out of him. So that leads us on nicely. Ali Dewey came in at the start in eleven ahead of Jaika Tongo yesterday. What did you make of that one, Louise? Quite surprised. Um, I didn't. I didn't think he'd come kind of straight into the team. Considering I don't think he had international clearance till probably that morning, because I, I don't think he'd had it on the Friday. But I mean, Jai was kind of dead on his dead on his feet last Saturday. He was absolutely knackered and probably should have came off a lot quicker. So in that kind of sense of things, you're not really surprised that he was given a bit of a rest. But you were thinking at the start we were possibly maybe going to go two up front. Well, that that's what the kind of consensus was when I was driving through. We were kind of wondering how it would work with Roy and Muirhead playing. But um, yeah, other than that, I, I wasn't really surprised with the the other changes. I suppose possibly McGrattan could have been coming in for, for Miller, um, which I'm quite obviously surprised that McGrattan's not really had a sniff the last couple of games. But yeah, you weren't really surprised with, um, with anything else. But I think I think Roy starting was maybe just a bit too soon, considering it was quite a big game in our eyes. I would say it was was a huge game, and you would really kind of stick to what you know for that that sort of thing. What about yourself, Craig? Yeah, I was surprised. As Lisa said there, I Katongo was absolutely dead on his feet at Furhill. You don't know how well he's recovered from that. Is that maybe why he's been dropped? But in any case, as far as I expected, I'd have thought Roy was coming here to be that alternative to Muirhead. So putting him in on the wing and on the left wing at that didn't really make any sense to me, I would say. I think we've got to acknowledge that Emery's done a terrific job here. That's his 46th game in charge of Morton. Um, And I don't think you've ever been able to say before Emery's gotten it wrong with a a starting 11. I mean, well, there's been poor performances, things that haven't worked out with team selections at times, but you've always been able to understand why he's done it, even in games when it hasn't worked out. Yeah, that yesterday did not work at all. I think even if you're going to start Roy and Miller as your wingers, which personally I wouldn't have started either of them, why you've got Roy on the left and Miller on the right, I've got no idea. And I think you really saw that in the first half that it didn't work because we were getting quite a lot of space down down our right hand side, and time and again we did nothing with it because. Miller doesn't have a right foot, so he's trying to cut inside all the time and it's just squandering the space that we had. And that, in turn, sort of hangs Grimshaw out to dry a bit because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought Grimshaw was perfectly fine, but there wasn't really much he could do because Grimshaw's not the kind of fullback who's going to overlap and swing crosses in for for the byline. And it just didn't really work at all. I think, I I don't understand why McGrattan's been dropped is, is the main thing here. As we've said, maybe Katongo's fitness after last week is a factor, but I think McGrattan has been excellent this season. And I think he's brought a balance to that front three that we've not had at any point when we've been playing two out-and-out winners. And look, I'm not going to put him on an Alan Jenkins pedestal of making a massive difference (laughs) to this team. There's there's lots of players who are are fundamentally important to the way way that we play. I think that applies to Gillespie, it applies to Crawford, Uh, to an extent it applies to Ambrose. But McGrattan came into the team at the start of that 10-game unbeaten run. He gets dropped out of the team and we lose twice in a row. There's lots of other factors in there. It's not just a simple case of if McGrattan starts, we don't lose either of those games. Mm-hmm. But I think you really, really have seen without him just how much he brings. And I think he needs to be back in the starting 11. Yeah, 
No, I think that's absolutely spot on. We we were obviously standing together at the game, Craig, and probably I think it was maybe mm, I don't think it was any further in than maybe the ten twelfth minute. We had recognised that yeah, having Miller on the right and and Roy on the left absolutely wasn't working. It nullified any threat that that Miller had. I think the Hamilton the Hamilton fullback that he was up against sussed out how one footed he was very very quickly and. That prevented him from getting involved in the game. It's also hamstrung Grimshaw, like you've mentioned, and really limited the impact that he could have on the game because what you would be asking him to do absolutely is not his game. And yeah, same with Roy. He he, he, he tried to be direct, he tried to be positive, um, but I think compared to McGratton and compared to what McGratton gives you in that position, both going forward and defensively, uh, yeah, it, it, it would need to be McGratton heading into Celtic Park for me. And yeah, I think there were probably quite a few players that, that performed poorly on the day, but I think you did see just just how imperative to this side those, those two wide areas are. Um, I think we, we missed Kutongo. Kutongo's, obviously, we know exactly what we get from Kutongo and gets us up the park, gets us that breather, lets the back four get themselves up the park and get a rest and, and get a recovery. And... I think the game was quite scrappy in spells anyway. The weather was always going to have that sort of an impact. But I think we did miss that out ball and we missed just the chance to get up the park, which I think was, was really to our detriment yesterday. You could tell the difference when Katongo did come on. We were pushing up the park a lot quicker and we had so many chances as well and we were getting quite a few corners out of him as well. So you don't actually realise, obviously when Jai signed up, I wasn't really too happy about it, but you can't deny that he, he has made a big difference when he has been starting the kind of last few weeks and the same with McGratton and Katongo not playing. You, you don't really appreciate or um, you don't really realise how much they actually offer to the starting eleven when they're not there. Yeah, and what I would say to that as well is I thought Katongo did make a real difference, but only once he moved to the right. Why, for the first yeah, sort of no, 10 absolutely. minutes or so after Katongo mm-hmm. came on for Roy, we stuck with Miller on the right and Katongo on the left? I really don't understand because you saw, look, like we've commented on with the first half, the amount of space we were getting down the right. There was space there to be used and we're mm. just cutting inside and charging at the tackles every single time. Then, yeah, as soon as Katongo went to the right, we started stretching the game. And that's why I thought Miller did have really quite a poor game and I don't understand why he got the 90 minutes when McGratton sat on the bench. But Miller did really improve when he moved to the left. I think Miller's been a bit hung out to dry there by the fact he's been played on the right. Mm-hmm. If you look at, say, like probably the only real chance we created in the first half was Baird's header, which was a tremendous save from Fulton to deny him. But it was a great ball in for Miller. And that was the only time in in that first half that Miller actually appeared on the left wing because it came the follow-up from clearing the corner. And yeah, he gets space to cross on the left once, puts in a terrific ball. That just shows you, he if you're going to play him, play him on the left. I, I, yeah, it didn't make any sense having him on the right. Hamilton will be awarded a penalty 19th minute. What did you make of the, the decision, Louise? I mean, what penalty? Uh, I just don't know. I mean, the last couple of weeks with the refs we've had, the kind of decisions that have went against us, I didn't really see anything that kind of merited it being a penalty. All you really see is a guy lying on the deck. But I think, if anything, it was probably a bit of 50-50. I think they maybe had a bit each other. But um, the decision was just a complete non-event for me. I, I, I would need to see it again, obviously. The highlights aren't out yet as we're recording, but... Uh, to me, it wasn't a penalty, and I mean, with the ref, kind of, I, I don't know where kind of Dougie's comments in the paper and stuff with the ref not knowing what what 
kind of team was shooting where. I, I mean, I don't really know what to make of that, but it was a poor decision, and, and that just kind of... Um, that's just the way the kind of game panned out. There was quite a few kind of strange decisions, but, I mean, they took their penalty well, and it was the first goal they'd scored in, what, November in the league or something, so... It was just one of those kind of Morton things that happened where you weren't really surprised that it had happened. I I thought that the ref got it right the first time, giving us a free kick. To me, it looks like sort of Gillespie's gone and got a foot on the ball, then gets tripped, and then sort of ball breaks to Hamilton player who skies it over the bar. It's either a free kick to Morton or a goal kick. Uh, yeah, like you said, Louise, we've not seen highlights yet. Maybe there's something we're all missing here, but I highly doubt it. Um, aye, it was just absolutely bizarre, the fact that he's... He's looked right at it, given us a free kick, which sort of rules out any idea that the linesman could possibly have overruled him because the ref's got a far better view than the linesman does of that. Yeah. Aye, just an absolutely bizarre decision. Um, but I, I would say, yes, it is an absolutely howling refereeing decision, but our performance was absolutely rotten in that first half. And I think it's, it's all well and good to blame the referee. And yeah, look, to some extent, you're playing a team that haven't scored against November. Nove- you're playing a team that haven't scored since November. They get handed a penalty for no apparent reason. Ah, then you lose one 0 You're going to feel hard done by. But that happens after 19 minutes. We've got 70 minutes to sort ourselves out and turn the game round, and we didn't do it. The primary problem yesterday was Morton not playing well. Yeah, I think you've you've kind of stolen my thunder there, Craig. And it's I'm going to point this out just now, but again, it's not. Absolutely not the reason that we lost. But you look, Duncan Williams, I've had a look back as far as 2019. And as far as I can see, that's only his, the fifth match that he's refereed in the championship. Now, again, we've we've discussed it before on here. And it's something that I've seen discussed elsewhere. This is a direct result of VAR being introduced into Scottish football. And that we are getting referees that are not Category 1 referees or referees who have been very quickly shunted up to being Category 1 referees, frankly, whether they're capable of it or not. And for all, I'm absolutely not going to use that as an excuse for our defeat or our poor performance yesterday. This is going to be an issue that keeps that keeps reappearing. We are going to we are going to see more and more decisions like this in the championship unless something is done uh, centrally by the SFA to sort this out because VAR being introduced into the top flight absolutely cannot be to the detriment of officiating in the second tier. That's absolutely not good enough. But I will go back to, and it's just what you said, Craig, we didn't play well enough yesterday. Um, We didn't move the ball anywhere near quickly enough. We didn't have the same balance and the same endeavour that we normally do. I think there was obviously kind of personnel and, and tactical issues we've, we've kind of gave our thoughts on them. But yeah, we've still got 70 minutes to go and go and take the game to the team that are bottom of the league. Yeah, the idea that a 19th minute penalty settles the tie. Yeah, that, that's absolutely not on. The, we didn't move the ball. I think Gillespie, Gillespie in a way underlined just how important he is to this team because I think that's probably the worst performance that he's given in a Morton shot since he joined the club. And I don't think it was a coincidence that we really struggled to keep the ball and, and struggled to get get a decent supply up into the forward areas. Um, I think it underlined just how important Gillespie is to this team. And yeah, it, it was quite obvious that, that we just we didn't have that player to set the tempo, keep the ball moving. It was taking us two, three touches to get the ball under control before we moved it on. It was very pedestrian. And yeah. I think when you couple when you couple poor ball retention with the kind of tactical decisions that we made in the final third, then yeah, it was always going to be a bit of a struggle. 
I think we were kind of crying out for a change in the centre. You could tell, obviously, when Gillespie got booked, he was slightly kind of holding back a wee bit. Um, I don't, Blues and Crawford were not, not the best yesterday, and I thought maybe earlier we could have put King or McGratton or somebody else in the midfield just to kind of change things up a wee bit. It was all just very same, samey, samey. Like, I think if there was a kind of change earlier on in the middle, then, I mean, possibly maybe taking Gillespie off, who's now going to be missing for the next league game. So there has to be a change now. But I would have quite liked to have seen King obviously came on and, and he played really well. But I'd quite like to see him kind of being within within the midfield quite, quite often as well. Aye, and that's, we talked about this on the record after the the Wraith game in the Challenge Cup, that we've used the Challenge Cup to give sort of fringe players a run out to the greatest extent that we can with how small a squad we have. Alex King started that game in central midfield. He was our best player that day. So why, when when you've given him that opportunity in central midfield and he's shown what he can do, is there then a total reluctance to use him in central midfield when yeah. I, none of the midfield are having a, good, a particularly good game? And look, I, I do see the logic in Southern Strap because he was on a yellow card as well. And yeah, you're thinking we'd been opened up on the break a fair bit in that second half. So there, yeah, there maybe is a thought process of, yeah, like a, a fullback's going to be a higher risk of getting another card. But Strap was one of the few Morton players who was having a decent game. thought, yeah, you know, unlike, uh, you know, unlike Grimshaw, who if he's got a winger cutting inside in front of him, he's not really going to overlap. Strap was getting down the wing quite well. He was probably our... I'd say he was our, our only effective attacking outlet out wide in that game. And then you sub him while Gillespie is also on a yellow card and frankly having a shocker. That didn't really make any sense. And yeah, King did do well when he came on. He did look threatening. But I I'd have had King King on in the middle of the park. Yeah, I think when you put I think even just the way the game panned out, when we're not retaining the ball particularly well, the game had I wouldn't say the game had gone scrappy, but it was just one of those games where there wasn't a great deal of quality in midfield. And I think if you put King in instead of Blues or potentially in instead of Crawford, if we're not retaining the ball particularly well, King gives you another option in there because he can run at players in a way that Blues can, in a way that Crawford can. But if you look at that central area, it maybe gives you the option of pushing Crawford a little bit higher. You then put a reliance on King. See if you can get by, see if you can get by a man in there. Put a ball into the into the channel for Strap to deliver, or try and release Katongo, or it's it gives you a different dimension in there, particularly when you're not keeping the ball very well. And that's yeah, I think we for all I think King came on and contributed well, and he is an absolute gem of a player. I think it possibly would have been more beneficial to have him on centrally yesterday. Yeah, I agree. It should have been in the middle of the park, you could tell. There just seems to be a bit of a kind of tiredness for the centre midfield, I've kind of noticed yesterday. And um, I think there does need to be a shake-up, and that will obviously be happening in the next league game. So it'll be interesting to see who he picks and, and who plays where in the centre mid next, well, two weeks' time, um, against a growth. Yeah, well, I tell you what, we will move on there. We've got the small matter of Celtic at Parkhead on Saturday. How would you line up for that one, Craig? I think I've talked about how I want McGrattan in the team uh, in general anyway. And yeah, I think we absolutely need McGrattan and Katongo in the team for, for this game. I think McGrattan's got a defensive positional awareness that sort of no other attacking player that the club has. Katongo's defensive work rate is fantastic. We're going to need that. And yeah, look, I think we all know it's a it's an extremely long shot. It's it's all well and good for us to go and say, well, a worse Morton team is the one at Celtic Park, but... Really a game like, it doesn't really matter how good a Morton team you've got, it, 
it's all going to depend on what Celtic team turns up on the day. That that's just the the reality of games like this. But yeah, to to give ourselves the best chance, I think yeah, well, we need McGrath and Katongo out wide. I, I could see an argument for for King coming into the middle of the park as well, but I, I think uh, I think that's highly unlikely. I think it's clear that Emery has the start in central midfield three that he trusts, and he will stick with them. And yeah, I don't think there's there's any doubt that the defence will stay the same as well. What about yourself, Louise? Yeah, I would agree with Craig. I think bringing McGrattan and Katongwin gives us a, a slight chance. Um, I, obviously, with, with Dougie's post-match interview yesterday, he was talking about kind of going with, with the right shape. Is he going to go to a back three? Is, is he going to stick with his current shape? I don't know, but <clears throat> if it is a back three, I could possibly see O'Connor coming in, um, either Miller or, or Roy dropping out, but... Yeah, I would kind of stick to it, you know, and, and just kind of go and, and give them a game. You never know what can happen, um, but we've, we've done it before. It is possible, but, I mean, Celtic are absolutely flying right now. You'd be you'd be happy to go out relatively unscathed, but, yeah, I, I think with a game like that, you've, you've kind of got to play your best players. Yeah, I think it's, for all, obviously, we, we'll all be, be cast our minds back to, to 10 years ago. It's a very, very different beast taking on Postacoglu's Celtic side compared to, to Lennon in the middle of a, a kind of Champions League campaign. I think for this one, I would be, yeah, I would go same back four, Gillespie, Gillespie, Blues, Crawford in midfield. I think it has to be McGrattan on the left, Katongo on the right. I think they give us, just like you had mentioned, Craig, they give us that defensive balance. Katongo is going to give us that outball to get up the park. We've You've seen what this Celtic side have done to teams this year when they've tried to sit deep and tried to invite Celtic onto them. I think we need to, we will need to go and get out and get up the park whenever we get the opportunity to. And yeah, not saying that it's going to, I'm not saying that's going to be the difference, and if we we play a, a slightly higher line, we're going to go and we're going to go and win the game. But I think that gives us a far better chance. If and I think Katongo's Katongo's obviously that. But yeah, in terms of King, I think again, depending on how the game goes, I think he's a very very good sub to have. But I think again, I've kind of said it before, I'm not overly comfortable with him coming on at left back. If it needs to be done, if it's a case of an injury or suspension, okay, we'll handle that. But I think there's. I think it suits the team far better and I think it suits his development as a player far better if when he is coming off the bench he is into those central areas and I, I don't think next week I don't think next week changes that and yeah I think it's possibly too big a stage to be to be throwing King in he is still a young guy he is still learning yeah I'd feel far more comfortable bringing him off the bench rather than rather than I'm starting and I think Emery will probably I think Emery will probably do the same I think it will be the the midfield three that he trusts. At least we've kind of got options now on the bench. You've seen yesterday we've got like Garrity back and um, a couple of new signings coming in. So it's good that he's got that option if if he needs to change it. He's got players that can that can come on and, and potentially change a game. You've seen it yesterday with Katongo coming on. He slightly changed it, but to be fair, I think we'd probably still be playing right now and still not score. But it's good that we've got a, a bit of a squad depth now and, and hopefully it'll be added to over the next few weeks as well. Yeah, I think that's an important point that we do have more options on the bench that, well, more options that Emery's willing to use anyway. And that is going to be important if there's, if we're sort of remotely close to still being in the game after an hour or so next week, we're really going to have to use our bench because if we are managing to compete in this game, it's going to involve players running themselves into the ground. So yeah, we're going to have to be 
have to be ready to to have the subs coming on and then to step up to that that challenge as well. You're gonna need you're gonna need a good work rate out, out of that bench. And yeah, we can't sort of be waiting until 75, 80 minutes to make one sub. Yeah, I think game management is is always key when you go to obviously the aside with the quality of Celtics, but even when you're playing on a pitch the size of Celtic Park, I think game management and your sheer bench are always key. And yeah, that is going to be a, a big, big ass next week. So tell you what, just before we leave you, we have a few fantastic pieces of content for you this week. Russell has written a fantastic article, read it over this morning, that looks back at the last time that we won at Celtic Park. Obviously a a fantastic night and well worth refreshing your memory on so make sure you check that one out we will have a wee day guide match preview as usual and we will be back for another podcast after the Celtic game so Louise thank you very much for coming on no problem let's hope it's a, a lot more positive one next Saturday but you never know <laughs> <laughs> brilliant and Craig fancy it again I think I mean, well, what I'm really dreaming of is a Nephi Ambrose stoppage time winner. Just <laughs> Oh, it'd be amazing. I yes, yes please. I think anything yeah. that's gonna anything that's gonna cause Tom Boyd to have the same sort of meltdown <laughs> that he had last time round would be absolutely imperious. Yes. Effie Ambrose to handball in the winner. Missed by the oh, see like F- Ambrose to like Thierry on Rhea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there wouldn't am I right saying that VAR won't be in use uh, it will be I think oh. well I've not heard anything recently but no the plan was that they are going to use it for uh, for the televised games and then other games at uh, at top flight grounds it can be used but the home club has to pay for it so yeah this is, is a that not oh, I don't know how I I don't know how I feel about that I think that gives yeah oh yeah it's, it's an absolute nonsense you've got inconsistencies uh-huh. of uh Yes, yeah, some grounds obviously don't have the facilities for VAR, so you're basically using a different standard of rules a different for, standard for, for, of for, for same games in the same round of the same competition. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's an absolute joke. I could understand them introducing it for the semi-finals onwards. Yeah, that's what they're going all going to be at handed. But yeah, I think doing it now is an absolute farce. But that's another point. Just another uh, another black mark against VAR. Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah we won't go into that now. Yes, that's <laughs> potentially. A, that's potentially a podcast episode of its own. Yes. <laughs> but yes, we will leave it there for another week. Thank you to everyone for listening, and yeah, make sure you check out the content on the forum this week because it is absolutely top notch. And yes, we will hopefully be back and analysing a tomboy meltdown all over again. <laughs> This is an important message from the Tale of the Bank Credit Union. Remember that we are here for you. We share this message often because it's important. Don't get hooked in by loan sharks. Avoid the pitfall of debt solutions. Stop, take a breath and consider your option. Tale of the Bank Credit Union are Inverclyde's credit union. We are non-profit making and put our members first. Call us for a confidential chat before falling into the trap of high rate lenders or debt solutions that aren't right for you. Contact us via creditunioninverclyde.com by phone on 01475 734 655 or via our social media feeds and see how Inverclyde's credit union can support you to save, borrow and plan for tomorrow. Well, that's the show folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at the Morton Forum. Give me God, yeah.